What is going on, everybody? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we haven't talked about it all year, but we are going to have a college football playoff selection show. So I hope you guys find that entertaining. And God, I could rant about my lock board this week. Everybody says that every week. This is my turn to rant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we got another lock board performance coming uh, for you guys. And then we're going to review the Western Conference for the NBA and some big storylines in the NBA, as well as make our NBA Finals predictions. So uh, yeah, that's what we got in tune for this episode. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most, and uh, pretty, I, I call it a good football week for me. I was going to say average, but it was a pretty good week. Um, the Steelers did lose for the second week in a row, so that was the bad part of it. But um, uh, my college teams were two for two this week. Uh, UNC had a ginormous blowout win over Miami, and thankfully, if all else fails, App State beat Georgia Southern this year, so can hang my hat on that. Um and my lock board did decently, but I'm excited to finally talk about college football since we, uh, even though I don't watch it as much as like Zach and Nate do, um, but we obviously haven't gotten to talk about it all year because of the pandemic. So I'm excited. And what's going on y'all. This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, while it wasn't a superb week on the lock board, I did manage to come in first place this week. So I can never, uh, can never complain about that and uh excited to get a little into a little more nba talk and i think zach said earlier before we started recording there might be a special guest appearance or two happening yes there is so stay tuned oh, for that. i mean we, we had we had a Giannis's agent on last week but so stay tuned to see who it's going to be this week yes <laughs> yeah stick around for the nba segment for sure definitely good good <laughs> teaser there eric uh, yes. <laughs> yeah uh, no nate for this episode uh nate's um doing the knights of lights in saint augustine so he can't make it this uh this time but um for around the shield we're going to be uh, talking about college football, as we mentioned before, and we're going to do a college football playoff selection show. So these are our predictions for what will happen. And Eric, since I know you don't um, typically watch college football as much as Connor or I or follow the standings, I thought you'd be a good candidate to be the host for this uh, playoff show. So I'll let you uh, let you be the yes, host for this. I'm, <laughs> I'm honored to do that. And um so he's, he's a good Jeopardy host, too. So, you know, yeah, he's got yeah, the experience. We have that coming up in the future, too. So uh, definitely. Pretty soon. It's, it's <laughs> spoiler alert. Eric, Eric's going to be the host. <laughs> I'm working on a I've been working on a new round of Jeopardy boards uh, over the last couple of weeks. So someone's yes, got to take my title from me or at least try to. We'll see. Well, yeah, well obviously, they'll try. But we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so with that being said, everybody, we would like to welcome you to the 2020-2021 National Championship uh, playoff episode where our panelists, Zach and Connor, will be breaking down who they think the four playoff teams will be in order. And I am your host for this, Eric Conger. And with that being said, let's get right into it here. Uh, So Zach and Connor... We've got the. We're going to start with the number one overall seed. Uh, who do you got here? And break it down for us. 
Ooh, that was nifty. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, you want you want to introduce the yeah? So uh, the number one seed that has just popped in, if you saw it on YouTube here, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh my God! What a what now? Shockers! Whoa! I mean, we're we're, I mean, listen. Wait, I mean, I'm I'm not the college football guy, but how did the Tennessee Volunteers not get this spot? Come on! (laughs) You sure? Chosen by the committee. (laughs) I I mean, are are you sure that we don't want to give this to like Rutgers or something? Come on! I mean, I I mean, I know that we, you know, Alabama's a decent team and all, but. (laughs) yeah okay so obviously not too much explanation needed for this alabama is currently the number one team in the country and they just have to beat florida sometimes um with the college football playoffs it matters how you win i i I don't think it will matter how they beat florida as long as they do it guarantees them this number one seed and with the way florida played last week um just the mental errors and everything i don't know how much they're going to be ready to play this. Obviously, um, hopefully Keontae Johnson is doing better at the University of Florida, the uh, basketball player. But, um, but yeah, so Florida had a major error. In, major uh, gaffe. Probably the in, gaffe of the college football season. Yeah, just, just terrible uh, at the end of that game. And so Alabama gets to play them now, and I think it'll be an easy win for them. They are Alabama after all. So it, yeah. it's definitely going to be Alabama number one. Connor, do you want to add anything more to yeah, this? Yeah, it, it, it definitely uh, scares me that how just how good Alabama looks this year. I mean, you know, no, I mean, obviously, if you've listened to this podcast before, like Zach and Eric being Tennessee fans, obviously don't have any love for Alabama at all. And, um, you know, I don't have any SEC team loyalty, but, you know, I'm, one of these people that you know, I don't have any love for Alabama just because I'm tired of seeing them win all the time. Um, but it is very scary to me that they just look unbeatable right now. I mean, even when they had you know games against better teams, like you know, like a game against Texas A and M, and um, you know, it's just they they no one's Georgia. even come clo- yeah a game against Georgia. It's like no one's even come close to beating them, and it's just like barring something crazy i mean it's just looking like another alabama runaway i mean it's it's kind of sad honestly just because you know from a fan standpoint you wish that someone else would win but um you know can't deny that alabama looks like the team to beat yeah definitely man uh their offense i thought might take a step back with no tua but they still have probably three first round pick wide receivers next year and Mac Jones is in the Heisman running. He might be a first-round pick. Like, they just oh, never yeah. stopped. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I mean, you know, and just, like, I mean, because the only thing that would, like, maybe slightly concern me a little bit would be the defense doesn't look as good as it has in the past. But, like, I mean, it's gotten better, I will say, because at the beginning yeah. of the season, it didn't look as good. Like, they were giving up, um, you know, they gave, giving up 19 points to Missouri. Like, that's, you don't typically see that as being that bad but against Missouri I think it's a bit bad and then obviously they gave up 48 against Ole Miss so um but they've definitely clamped down recently I mean they shut out Mississippi State they only gave up three to Kentucky only three to Arkansas and um only 13 to Auburn which like you know Auburn tends to give them a good game Mm -hmm. most of the time so it's they just look unbeatable right now (laughs) Yeah, so this was um, the committee unanimously chose Auburn as the number one team. Also, no, uh, yeah, no, there, there, there was uh, no, no debate, debate there. here. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, yeah, I mean, fortunately for Alabama fans, I was not on the committee because otherwise it could have been Tennessee. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 While I don't watch a lot of college football, I know how Man, bad this well, host well, well, is well, really hey, a favorite it, uh, Tennessee. <laughs> he really is. It, it, I mean, there, it's no, no bias. <laughs> well, hey, it's a good thing for Alabama that we're uh, they're not in the same position they were last year because I remember uh, – I made my bold prediction on them missing it last year, and it paid off. So they've definitely yes. done a 180. Connor's not locking that this year, though. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be about the dumbest lock I could ever make. <laughs> All right, guys. So Alabama is the number one team, and we are now going to move on to who the committee has selected as the number two team. And that will be the Clemson Tigers. So we will let Connor and Zach discuss why Clemson is the number two ranked team. Yeah, Connor, you can start with Clemson. Okay, yeah. So basically, um, Clemson, like Alabama, we had a unanimous across the board that Clemson was going to be the number two seed. Um, This is mainly, obviously, assuming that they're going to beat Notre Dame. uh, Because if they lose to Notre Dame, then things might get a little bit interesting for Clemson, uh, possibly. But but (laughs) this is assuming that they're going to beat Notre Dame. Um, I mean... Obviously, the big caveat in the game that they lost to Notre Dame was they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. So when you don't have your potentially Heisman winning quarterback, you know, he might not win it this year just because he missed a couple games. But, you know, had he played the whole season, he was the obvious front runner. So um, not having him hurt. But, you know, and as soon as he even without him, they were still in that game against Notre Dame until the very end. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not hard for all of us to imagine that Clemson maybe not an easy win, but a a comfortable win, I guess we'll say uh, over Notre Dame to easily get them to number two. They're not going to jump over Alabama, obviously, unless Alabama somehow loses to Florida. But um, yeah, I think this was not another team, like not much debate here um, that like, if they beat Notre Dame, they're obviously going to be number two. Yeah. This, uh, the big, obviously difference this game is, they're going to have Trevor Lawrence since he was out with COVID the the first time that they met. And that meeting was in South Bend um, and Notre Dame. It took them like, I think it was two overtimes uh, to win that game finally. So that was a very close game that Clemson easily could have won. um, And they didn't, but Trevor Lawrence, people forget this, but he's only lost one college football game in his whole career in his time at Clemson. And that was last year to LSU, which was one of the best teams of all time. So I really, and obviously you see why he's the number going to be the number one pick in the draft is just his talent. Um, People, he'll throw an interception and it'll be like, oh my God, I threw an interception. Like that's how it is with Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Like people will find any little thing that could to be wrong just because he's never uh, not been excellent for Clemson. And the rest of their team is no slouch either. They're actually very comparable to Alabama, I would say. Uh, between one and two, I don't see as big of a difference as Connor does. Just because Alabama's, I think, benefited a little bit from a weaker SEC West this year. Um, LSU's having a down year. Um, Auburn's having a down year. So Alabama's benefited a little bit from their schedule they didn't. Obviously, they'll still have to play Florida and they'll play Georgia. So those are no slouches. But um, 
and the rest of the ACC, I think, is better than years in the past. So uh, I don't see as big of a difference between one and two with Clemson and Alabama. I would pick Alabama, but I would could definitely see Clemson winning that game between the two of them if it came to that. But Clemson's really good, and I think they'll beat Notre Dame again. They're not going to let Notre Dame, Notre Dame beat them twice. That would that would really shock me. So, all right, and now the committee will reveal who they chose for the number three seed. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I got ahead of myself. We- We've got Ohio State sliding into the picture. (laughs) Connor left the call, actually. I'm not sure what happened there. but Apologies for that. Uh, My phone decided that it was going to restart for some reason right there for absolutely no reason. So, Well, you got in at a perfect time because I just finished talking about Clemson. (laughs) Okay. Uh Yeah, and then Eric just introduced Ohio State as the number three team. So uh, this is where the controversy starts, definitely. There's no question about it. If Ohio State makes the college playoff, even as the four seed, as long as they make the playoff, it's going to be a controversy to a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't want them to make the playoff because they benefited from only having to play, I think, five regular season games and then the conference championship. So obviously this is not a traditional year. They would have had to play a normal schedule if it wasn't for COVID. But um, to me... The committee has already told me, based on where they have them in the rankings, that as long as they win, again, obviously they have to win. They're against Northwestern, the Big Ten, otherwise they're out. But I think everybody is going to pick Ohio State to win that. They're 20-point favorites. So assuming that they do win that, the committee has basically said, you're the number three team, or four team. Um, You could debate number four, but... Uh, they just have to win. The committee set that precedent, especially when a couple weeks ago they bumped uh, Cincinnati down in the rankings, even though they hadn't lost, and they put Iowa State back in. People were thinking, oh, so you're going to put... People were thinking the controversy of leaving like an 11-0 Cincinnati out versus um, an Ohio State team that's only played six games. And I'll say this um, for the committee is... Obviously, they need the big-time names, but I really do think Ohio State's one of the four best teams, um, and they haven't had a chance to prove that because of their schedule. It's not really been a fault of their own, but when you look at the team on paper and you you look at um, the quarterback, obviously, Justin Fields, just the team in general, they definitely are, in my opinion, one of the four best teams, and... They do have an advantage because they, um, they're going to be more fresh coming into this than the other teams. But uh, to me, when I look at the other teams that could potentially be in the playoffs, they're just better than them. And until they lose, I'm not going to think that they're not, even though the other teams have played more games. And that's coming from an SEC homer. Uh, SEC uh <laughs> Fan, you don't Big have Ten Mark hater. That's what I, yeah, Mark Mark last year was the SEC hater, Big Ten lover. But uh, I I really do think Ohio State is going to get in, and it's going to be a good game. I think they're going to give Clemson a good fight if that's who they end up playing. Um, I would pick Clemson in that game, but it would be a heck of a fight. Um, but I know Connor's uh, got a dissenting opinion about Ohio State. He did not vote well, them in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I guess I will... Um... 
save that for when we move on okay. to the next part of this. But um, I mean, I'll definitely agree that um, this is what I think is going to happen. Um, Cause yeah, I don't see Ohio state losing to Northwestern. That would, I mean, really the only team in the big 10 that I think could give them a fight would be Indiana, but Indiana <laughs> obviously had the chance early in the season. Yeah. It was good. It was a close game, but being that they're in the same division in the Big Ten, um, they just don't. And I thought it was weird that the Big Ten still stuck with the whole division thing because I know like the ACC and the S well and the and the SEC did too, but like the fact that like you know the ACC just didn't they got rid of the divisions and I know the um, some of the other conferences did. I think they should have gotten rid of it because I think you know if you're if you want to take the two best teams in a crazy year like this, you should have Ohio State and Indiana again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to win, and I definitely think they are one of the best uh, four teams, like, you know, just Justin Fields and um, the team. It's it's hard to argue that they have the talent um, there, so, but I guess I won't say too much more since, obviously, yeah. later, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, I'm going right. <laughs> to give my reason. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to argue that they're one of the best teams, and I think, and if in my professional opinion, this is what I think is going to happen, even if I don't think this is what should happen. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. We've got a getting closer to some tension here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But before yeah, before Connor does that, we will see who the committee has chosen as the fourth team, and as you can see there, it is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, so uh, the Fighting Irish come in here at four in our rankings, and they have the potential, if they win, to be better than four. But um, assuming that we all assume that they lose the ACC championship game, it will drop them in the rankings. But um, really looking at the other teams behind them, I don't see a way that those other teams make it and Notre Dame doesn't make it. Just because Notre Dame's had a great season, I I'm not a believer in them. I think they'll lose in the playoffs in the first round, no matter who they play out of these teams. But uh, you can't deny that they are one of the four best teams based on their resume this season. Having a win against Clemson already should give them a lot of consideration to make it, no matter how they play against them the next time. But Connor, uh, where do you? It's crazy there's two ACC teams going to make it this year. I never would have Yeah, thought. yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, especially after last season. I mean, yeah, I mean, the win over Clemson, I think the win over um, UNC is also big because um, I think UNC is better than their record shows. Um, but I think that's big. And also, like, you're not going to kick a 10-1 a and team out of the playoffs when l- pretty much the only chance that I would that I would have seen – uh, for them to get knocked out is if the SEC had done the championship by best teams and not by division to where Texas A&M was playing them. And then if Texas A&M were to beat Alabama and uh, Notre Dame were to lose, then I could have maybe seen a scenario where they fall out. But the fact that Texas A&M isn't playing in that game, being at number five is a really big hindrance to them, <laughs> um, unfortunately for their sake. So like if it, if it was Florida in that situation, like if Florida, you know, was uh, like nine and one and, and at number five, then yeah, I say they're mm-hmm. they were in danger. But Texas A&M being there kind of gives them that barrier of safety that you're not going to fall and they're not going to put Iowa State in the playoff over uh, over Notre Dame. Like that yeah. would just be absurd. So <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think Notre Dame is pretty safe here at number four. Like you said, they could be number two. They will be number two if they win. Um, but and they, they could, should, they could, they could even be number one if Florida beat Alabama. Possibly, you know? yeah, so. for sure. But um, yeah, they're they're pretty safe whether they win or lose in the ACC title game. Yeah. All right. So uh, so now we have here just how exactly the committee voted. Committee being myself, Connor, Nate, and Eric, you know, <laughs> the four biggest uh, media members of the world. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> definitely. Or, I mean, I would put our analysis way above that of, you know, the people on the air right now. <laughs> Stephen A. Skip Bayless. You can see on YouTube, I was joking a lot about Tennessee earlier, but I did not put them on there. So. <laughs> Yes, in case, Eric, if anyone uh, in case if anyone didn't get my sarcasm earlier, <laughs> Eric, Eric is a qualified enough uh, member on this podcast to not do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but these actually all mirror exactly what we rank them as, except for one difference, and that's looking at Connor's list. So, <laughs> Connor, just go ahead and explain the discrepancies. Yeah, well. I mean, obviously, the biggest discrepancy that I have here is I have Texas A&M in over Ohio State, and I've honestly been saying this all year, and especially more so now. Like, in my opinion, if Ohio State had like managed to play their full schedule with no cancellations plus a Big Ten title game, then yeah, obviously Ohio State gets in, even though they still would have played like a you know slightly less games than you know, Alabama or Clemson or Notre Dame, like, you know, they still get in because they play. But for me, in my opinion, it's just, uh, this is, I said, I want, you know, before this, I might like rant on this a little bit. It's just a travesty to me that a team who is six and zero, like obviously undefeated six and zero, is potentially going to get in over that a team that, you know, they, they play another game this week, assuming they win. A team that's going to be 8-1 and one going in here. A team that's played nine games against SE, an SEC schedule-type team. And the other thing about Ohio State looking at their schedule for me, because obviously a conference championship is a big part of it. But for me, Ohio State, when you're only playing five games in a season, who knows what can happen over the course of the season? Like even the best teams can falter. I mean, we've seen this with Ohio state in the past, honestly, I have, I could use that as an example where like they were supposed to be, you know, the, the best team in the big 10, but then they'll go and lose a game to like Purdue or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or they'll go and lose a game to like Nebraska. And the thing is they just didn't have, you know, with not having played an entire schedule, only playing five games, there's like a lot less room for them to do that when you have teams like, you know, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, Texas A&M playing, you know, Texas A&M came a slightly short of a full schedule since they're going to be uh, um, only playing nine games instead of 10, but still like, have you know, full schedules and full SEC slash ACC schedules, um, you know, and if you look at Ohio State's opponents too, because this is the other reason why I really don't agree with putting Ohio State in is that other than Indiana, all the opponents that they've played have been bum teams. Like they beat Nebraska, Rutgers, 
Michigan State and Penn State, who are all bum teams. Like, none, none of those teams you can say are, and even if they had played the game against, like, Michigan and Illinois, those are also bum teams. Like, I think Maryland, Maryland was, yeah. yeah, Maryland was, like, the only good team besides Indiana on their schedule. Like, they didn't have to play Wisconsin. They didn't have to play Iowa. You know, they're only now just having to play Northwestern, which, I mean, Northwestern, I think, is a bit sus as number 14 also. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know it's just like and whereas you look at texas a&m schedule i mean they obviously they played an sec schedule you know they beat florida which is a big time win you know auburn obviously hasn't been as fantastic this year but they beat auburn um you know they had some big wins here or there and their only loss you know that one blemish on their record is to Alabama, the number one team in the country and probably the number one team, like not just in the SEC, but in, you know, probably the team that's going to end up winning the championship. So it's just like, to me, it just seems that like, I, I don't like this at all, that a team that's not played, that's played half a schedule is going to get in. I mean, like you wouldn't see this honestly in almost any other sport. And I think it's just because, and I, I trust me, and I've seen, and I can use history for this too, that it just seems to me like this committee has, I don't know, they're just like in love. They want to marry Ohio State <laughs> because we've seen it in the past where they've gotten in when they shouldn't have. Like I can you I don't remember what year it was exactly. I think it was 2017, yeah, like 2016 or yeah. yeah, 2016 or 2017 when Penn State beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten title but yet Ohio state gets in over Penn state. Like I don't get how that, that does not warrant anything at all. That makes no sense (laughs) whatsoever. So, and you know, it's just, again, I think it's the committee playing favorites to Ohio state. And I think, you know, it's going to take away a spot from a team that might be more deserving like Texas A&M or Cincinnati, or, you know, even if Florida goes in and beats Alabama, then I could make an argument as to why Florida should make it. I mean, because, yeah, they they would have more of an argument if they hadn't lost to LSU, but obviously that was one player being really stupid for the most yeah. part. <laughs> so it's just I, I don't agree with it at all, even though I think it's going to happen. And, I mean, of course, if Ohio State loses, it won't happen. But yeah. no one thinks that's going to happen. So I I just think it's a disservice to college football, honestly, in a way that Ohio State's going to make it in over someone like Texas A&M or Cincinnati. Yeah. And I, it gets back to the whole bigger tournament, you know, let more teams in this because then, right. yeah, then I mean, you can I, have less of um, <laughs> Then you can be more sure of uh, the thing because, heck, especially if, can you imagine if we were still back in the old days of just the national championship being oh, the one yeah. and two teams? That would be an outcry. Oh, <laughs> every year. I, I know, because like you know, teams like you know, if it's Alabama, Clemson, right? Teams like Notre Dame and you know Texas A&M, Ohio State, they're all going to miss out. Yeah. And so it's just like you know, and because that's the thing, you can you're never going to fully get rid of controversy, but like it's not to me, and I think everyone would agree, it's not a big deal when you're uh, say there's like eight teams in the college football playoff, right? It's not a big deal when you're arguing like an eight seed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe there's a controversy here or there. Like, oh, anybody it's like can the, win. It's like an eight seed in uh, in the NBA playoffs. Like, you know, they're not going to do anything. You're just right. They, they're there they're because there uh, they had a good enough season to be there. But Right, right. So, but it's like when you're having to argue like a top four, that's when the controversy comes in, especially when there's five conferences that are power five yeah. conferences. 
if there was only four Power Five, if, I, well, that's an oxymoron. Four Power Five conferences. <laughs> if there was only four Power conferences, then maybe this would be slightly better. But when there's five Power Five conferences, and like at least every season, you're going to exclude at least one of those conference champions. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's a tragedy, <laughs> honestly. Uh, it, it's it's dumb. That's what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I never understood that. I'm like have eight teams the top five like the the five conference championship teams get in and then have like maybe uh another conference team like like, like, since, like years, cincinnati like when, or, yeah, or like, like or like or memphis last year <laughs> yeah like all those years when like ucf was undefeated like put one of them in and then the next two highest ranking teams after that boom you have an 18 playoff and it's only one extra game like it's not like it makes the season that much grueling longer and you know well, or just, like just, that. just eliminate really some of these game. other well it's, and it's easy you just eliminate some of these other meaningless bowl games that they yeah. play like you know it's like or you got just, the or the meaningless uh preseason games where you play western northern central state you know <laughs> Indiana yeah. university purdue university indianapolis yeah and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say that five times yeah <laughs> yeah like just easy fix right there i don't know but i mean well what do we do you know we're, we're not skip bayless you know? we're not stephen a smith uh, yeah anyway I, man anyway, okay i'm, I'm just yeah. gonna stop myself geez, I, geez, I, i'm getting eric fired up over here yeah. uh, okay okay yeah so going now to the lock board uh <laughs> and I don't want to rant again after all that, but man, my my picks got me. Go, zero go for it, dude. Go for yeah, it. I'm not. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I, I'll just say this: I picked the wrong Connors team uh, this week. That that, that is very true. <laughs> um, I picked Pittsburgh. I didn't pick UNC, and that was a mistake. <laughs> that was really a big mistake because Connor probably would have taken Pittsburgh. Um, so goodness that's, that's, gracious that was uh especially with the unc one where like that was a 62 to 26 game like i remember i didn't even like get to watch that game and then i just like looked on espn and i was like whoa like what happened here like i expected yeah. unc to win but not by this much like yeah crazy but uh but actually eric was the winner of the week uh once again with that number one overall pick to his benefit uh so eric go ahead and uh reveal what got your points for you and um, your wild card did have to be used and that did yeah, give that, you a point that worked out. Yeah. I was, I was glad I took a safe pick with my wild card because there just weren't any other upsets that I felt comfortable with. And so with one of my college games getting canceled, uh, I very easily got the Seahawks over the jets and probably one of the safest picks in lockboard history. Uh, so uh easy one pointer there and then i was very happy with my first pick when i picked the football team over the 49ers because i did contemplate the giants over the cardinals who nate took and i also contemplated the steelers over the bills which zach took uh i was kind of in a toss-up between those three games on which one i wanted to use with that number one overall pick so obviously i'm glad i took that one since that one ended up being correct uh, once again, my five pointer didn't come through for me. I've had a lot of bad luck with those. Uh, I mean, obviously they're hard to get, but, uh, I feel like I haven't gotten a five pointer right in a long time, but, uh, you know, four points got me first place again. And 
I've, I've still got a ways to go if I'm going to catch up. I am running out of time, but I'm at least glad, even if I don't win, that I've at least managed to make it at least be a little more respectable and not like way down in the cellar like I was <laughs> earlier in the season. Yeah, there, like, there, there's, there's I, there hasn't be... been a there hasn't been a there hasn't been a goofy dragon meme of me in a while. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't been a goofy dragon meme for anybody except for you that one time. <laughs> yeah, um, I was on like a, I think I went like three weeks in a row without getting a pick right. Like that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, was, yeah it was some, it was something like that. It was like maybe not three weeks of zero, but like I at least three, like you had like a had safe like pick weeks. one week or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I had like two weeks of zero and a week of one or something. Was yeah, like, it, it was like, bad it was enough bad. to make me make that dragon. So, <laughs> but uh, but look. Let's look at the total standings here. So based off of this week now, I'm still in first place, but only by one point. So I've got a total of 58 points. Connor's in second with 57. Eric's in third with 46. And then Nate is in fourth place with 40, 18 behind the leader. So that's where things stand now. I think we've got three more weeks of this to go, including this one. So things are getting to an end and, strategy will become real especially that last week we were talking about that earlier oh my but, goodness uh, well yeah, yeah and the possibility of a tie is still very much a real possibility it is it it, it, it is um so i'm in a spot a uh, weird spot uh picking first here after that zero point week um which i'm glad i'm first now because <laughs> it seems to be uh, it seems to be pretty good to go first so i'm gonna go ahead and take dallas to beat san francisco um, for a three-pointer. Uh, I know it's Dallas, but San Francisco is Nick Mullins at quarterback. So <laughs> seem to be having issues with uh, the NFC East, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Connor, you are now on the board. Yeah, so um, I am going to head over... Well, actually, I think I might do a 180 here. I was going to head over to college football, but... I think I actually want to get my NFL pick first. Um, and I am going to take the Chicago Bears over the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh. I probably stole that from Nate because I know Nate likes to pick the Bears. <laughs> um, yeah, that was his third pick on, on his last song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course he would pick the Bears. Um, so now Nate is actually picking. And since he's not here, I've got his list for him. And actually, his number one pick is still on the board. So Nate is going to pick Iowa State over Oklahoma. Oh yeah, uh, I was thinking. I was thinking about that one for the uh, Big Twelve. I think I, think I think I was a bit disappointed when I saw the spread that wasn't a five pointer. Otherwise, I probably would have jumped on it from the start. But I was like, yeah, eh. <laughs> yeah. So that leaves Eric now with the last pick for the first round. Uh, All right. So while. My number two, three, and four picks all got picked right there, but thankfully my number one didn't, so at least I have that. Um, <laughs> I haven't liked the way the Raiders have been playing lately, so I'm going to take the Chargers to beat the Raiders. Yeah, I can uh, I can see that. they um The Raiders actually beat them on the last play of the game when they played the first time, so that was a very close game. Yeah, <laughs> they... They, they, I mean, they, they survived. They struggled against the Jets, so that, that leaves me no confidence. Yeah. 
count that as a loss, basically. You know. Yeah, that, that was basically. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't for Greg Williams, that's probably a loss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to make this pick and I do have a little bit of worries of it getting possibly canceled, but I'm going to take San Jose state to beat Boise state. Um, Ooh, I was there we go. That. Yeah. Hopefully they keep that undefeated season going on and, uh, get me those three points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. So now I think I'm going to go over to college, but I have to decide, which one I feel more confident about. Um, I'm definitely like, I'm considering looking at these three pointers here. Um, but I think if I, and this is really tough, honestly, what I'm trying to I'm trying to do here. Um, but I think I'm going to take Ole Miss to beat LSU. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely. See I don't know. It. I don't know what to say other than uh, yeah, good pick. <laughs> okay, um, so I was definitely between that and one other one, but I think I feel slightly better about that one. Okay, so Nate actually gets his second pick that he wanted still on the board, and that is that. Yeah, I know, but I this wasn't on my radar. But he's taking the Giants over the Browns. Oh uh, yeah. This week so after last week i uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i th- i like in my head when i first saw that i thought that might be a possibility but after the way i've seen the browns play tonight and how the giants played yesterday i'm like uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh that's his uh gonna be his pick there on the second round eric gets back over to you now all right so i am going to stick with the nfl uh Thankfully, my number five pick did not get picked there. So uh, (laughs) this is one I would not have thought I would have made in the recent weeks. But after uh, after the way the Eagles handled the Saints, I'm going to take the Eagles to beat the Cardinals. Uh, That's a good pick. I was actually considering that one. Uh, I wasn't planning on picking it yet, but I was considering that. Yeah. Okay, it's back over to me now for the top of the third round. This is an interesting spot for me here, but you know, I I'm 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 still gonna ride them. I'm gonna take the Lions to beat the Titans. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna go against the Packers again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've also picked the Lions the last two weeks, also as, a, as in addition to going against the Packers. But no, I, I like the Lions' chances a lot better than the uh, Panthers' chances. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so good, good chance I'm going to be picking the Titans in survival. So I'm kind of hoping you don't get that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be rooting Although strong I, for those five. I wouldn't, mind yeah. if the, I wouldn't mind if the Titans lost. As yeah, always, but yeah, that, that, one puts me in a, that one puts me in a dilemma now, Zach. Thanks. <laughs> Dude, that's scary. I would I would be scared to put that as my survival pick. Just. Uh, just being honest with you, but uh, hey, it's, it's your it's your call. My, so my options are getting pretty thin. At <laughs> they <point>. are. <laughs> um, over to Connor now for the next pick. Yeah. So in my head, I was thinking that I should probably take a five pointer, but I don't know if I feel too good about most of these five pointers. Um, so especially not the ones in the NFL. Uh, those ones I don't feel good about at all. But <laughs> these ones in college, I. 
don't really know. Like, I feel like some of these spreads are a bit small. Like, I'm kind of surprised that Indiana is only favored by nine and a half over Purdue. Like, I feel like that should be quite a bit larger, <laughs> um, especially after how they were like 13 point underdogs to Wisconsin and beat them. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to go back to the NFL for a three point pick. And uh, unfortunately, the Dolphins bit me in the butt last week against the Chiefs, but. This time, they got a better team going against them. So I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Saints beating Chiefs there for Connor. And then Nate's back on the board. Let me see where he is at so far. So uh, Chicago is taken. That was his third. He had Dallas as his fourth. But his fifth is still on the board. He's going to take Army to be Air Force in the military rivalry series yes so going with army he took navy last time and that (laughs) i know (laughs) well well, well, thankfully for him that was just a wild card pick so it didn't actually go against him (laughs) that's right that's right okay eric uh, last real round pick yeah so for my final uh pick besides the wild card uh i'm gonna take the last three-point play in college I think uh, could really happen. And I'm going to take Missouri. Or no, I want to take Mississippi State <laughs> to beat Missouri. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that. that was definitely Basically a yeah. pick game. So, yeah, um, that was the other one I was considering, like, between that one and Ole Miss. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> I really don't trust Mississippi State, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I was <laughs> like, uh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... That finishes the normal rounds, but we're going to do that wild card round just in case of COVID. Um, so I will lead things off with that. And I'm going to go a five pointer here because um, I wanted to get them picked in case they uh, in case I need them and, and they get the points. But I'm going to go Minnesota to beat Wisconsin. Um, yes, Zach and his... Uh... You know, I had to take that. <laughs> His uh, disbelief in Wisconsin this year. I mean, I kind of don't blame you after the way they've performed a little bit this year. <laughs> ten and a half point. I know Minnesota's not been good, but ten and a half point favorites. That screams. I still no. can't believe they were 13 and a half point favorites. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, that, was, that, was, that was probably like the easiest five point pick I've had all year. I was like, yeah. man, that is. I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's, uh, it's your turn now, Connor. Uh, it's wild card pick. Yes, wild card pick. Um... I think I am going to stick with the three-pointers here. Well, sure, should I take a safe pick? Actually, I think I might do what Eric did last week and take a safe pick here, just in case one of my college games gets canceled. And uh, definitely the safest NFL pick of the week by far, uh, the L.A. Rams over the New York Jets. <laughs> yep. Knew what that was going to be. <laughs> Are you crazy, Connor? That's not safe at all, dude. <laughs> Did you, you see, also, uh, did you see how they got three points against the Seahawks? Like, man. No. <laughs> Nate's, uh, Nate's, next, Nate's next pick is also going to be pretty easy to pick out. It's going to be New England to beat Miami. Oh, wow. So, picking New England again, yeah, obviously. I don't, know, I don't know about that one after the way they performed this week. I know. But uh, he wants the three points, I guess, there, maybe. Well, hey, <laughs> for, for, his for his sake, <laughs> for his sake, it's not Tom Brady that's going to be playing in Miami this time. So that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Newton, <might> be better. <laughs> Cam Newton um, did beat them earlier this year. So you never know. Um, 
Eric, you've got the last uh, pick for the, the lock board this week. All right. I, I liked picking a safe one last time, uh, but since I'm still pretty far behind, I don't really have that luxury of doing that. So I'm going to take a five-pointer, and I really don't have any confidence in this happening. I hope I don't have to come down to this pick, but just in case if I do, uh, I'm going to take Tulsa to beat Cincinnati. You sure you don't want to take uh, Jacksonville to beat Baltimore? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need that for survival. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the Ravens in survival, so I'm not, I'm not picking the Jags. <laughs> there you go, guys. That's uh, that's the lock board for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the commentary on that one this time. Uh, we'll see next week what craziness ensues and what person's going to be ranting about their team so, uh, this next week because I know <laughs> yeah. somebody will be. Because we're not all, it's not a full green picture on the screen every week. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I know it gets well. I think it's definitely taken a trend that I expected would happen. Like early in the season, we had weeks where we had a lot of green, but it's like yeah. when you get down to this point in the season when like we know what teams are about, and it's like it's yeah. a lot harder to pick those upsets. <laughs> definitely, definitely, and also too, you get the factor of some people needing to make up points, so they're getting more risky. Um, seeing that sure. this week. <laughs> uh yeah so that that's where things stand um now we'll go around the hoop to end the show and talk about some basketball um and more specifically the western conference so we'll go over some storylines uh, make our picks we still have that guest who's going to join us in a bit and uh we'll also go with our nba finals picks so eric you want to start off with the first question for me yeah so uh we all picked like our teams we were going to talk about and Zach's going to be talking about the golden state warriors. So obviously a couple of big questions for them are, you know, one with clay Thompson being injured and out for the, you know, this whole season coming up, are your expectations lowered for the golden state warriors? Or do you still think that they could be a high caliber playoff team? And uh, also, with since Clay's going to be out, do you do you think Steph Curry is going to be able to step up and carry this team? I know we didn't get to see that last year with him getting injured. So, do you think he'll be able to do it this year, or do you think he falters? So, just give us your overall thoughts yeah. on the Warriors here. Yeah. So, even with Clay being out for the season, uh, that does a. Um, that definitely does lower their expectations a little bit. I think if he'd been healthy, it would have been expectation for a championship just because that's how they've been the past couple seasons. Um, even before KD got there, they were making the finals without him. So before the clay injury, they were absolutely um, had finals expectations. They do drop a little bit, but they definitely still have playoff expectations. And I still think that they can go far in the playoffs just because they have so much playoff experience and they still have Steph Curry. And that was the second part to Eric's question is I really think um, he will carry the team. It's going to be the first time in a uh, really, he's going to be asked to carry them because they have a lot of new people, Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman um, and Draymond's coming back, but he's not the player he once was a couple years ago. So what are you talking uh, the, about, man? He can go through the five. 
<laughs> I knew one of you guys would say that um, <laughs> when I brought his name up. Best but, defender uh, in the NBA. <laughs> but they're still um, the Warriors to me. They're still a team where if I'm an opposing um, opposing team or fan of another team, and I see the Warriors come up on the schedule. Um, as long as Steph is obviously healthy, because we know what they're like without without him last year. Um, as long as he stays healthy, I do think that they are a team to be afraid of, um, just because of him being like one of the best shooters in the NBA, and he's going to bring his leadership too with him. He's been to the finals. He's been in the big moments and everything. I think he's going to help the young Warriors players get better. They're a team that I think is going to start out kind of slow, potentially not having the superstars that they're used to having. But I do think that as the season gets towards the playoffs, they're going to be coming into the playoffs, sneaking in, in the six, seven to eight seed range and really being a scary matchup for a top team. I really think that that's going to, they're going to drag a series out. They might win. um, And they should still have the expectations that they could win a championship, even without clay, I think just because they're, they still are the Warriors. And um, I really want to see how, how Steph does, because I feel like with his injury last year, kind of like Kevin Durant, he's kind of being forgotten. Um, and now that he's back, I mean, ESPN made their rankings, and they had, uh, I was surprised they had, I think, Dame ahead of him, which I, even as the biggest Dame fan, Dame's never beaten Steph head-to-head in the playoffs before. And... Um, and and uh, they had Luka Doncic um, and AD and all the, all these uh, players ahead of Steph in their player rankings, and I think it's just a case of we haven't seen him for a year, and I think people are going to be reminded of his greatness, and I think he's got a lot to prove this season, um, potentially being an MVP type of candidate if he has a great season, and really trying to for more of a legacy thing for him trying to enter the conversation as the greatest point guard of all time. It's something that a lot of younger fans, I feel like uh, will believe, but to the older fans who might put magic as their number one point guard of all time, he definitely can do a lot this season to make a better case for him to be the greatest point guard of all time. And he's still got obviously many more years left, but this season without clay is really going to be an interesting one when you look back on the history of his career and seeing how he did without the other splash brother, um, hopefully clay comes back fine. I, I'm a big clay fan, so I'm sad he's not going to be back, but Steph is, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, but I am still believer of the warriors, uh, even without clay. So <clears throat> we, uh, we do have a guest coming in to the podcast and we've had, the. Uh, We've had this guest on before. Definitely the biggest name guest we've ever had on the show. But uh, Kawhi Leonard is joining us now to talk about his team, the LA Clippers. Um, So, Kawhi, I want to ask you about, did your team get better or worse this offseason? Well, first of all, let me just start by saying, hey, hey, it's your boy Kawhi Leonard. I'm in the building. (laughs) (laughs) do you still think it's a make or miss league Kawhi? (laughs) it is a make or miss league i'm gonna make my shots gonna play in half the games but 
You think that anybody out there think Lakers are going to beat us? Y'all crazy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, thank you, Kawhi. Thank you, Kawhi. We appreciate uh, appreciate you being here. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take over. Uh, Kawhi Leonard had to go. He had to go rest up for the yeah. first game. People, you know, because he knee yeah, was giving him issues. Yeah, it's for sure, for <laughs> sure. So, yeah, so I'm going to, now that we've got that, out of the way um i'm going to talk about the la clippers here for a bit and i definitely do think they got a little bit better i i think most people look at the you know loss of montres harrell and um they might think that they got worse because of that but i actually really like the addition of serge ibaka to their team uh he may be older than montres harrell but I like his size better. He's a much better defender than Harrell is. And I think that's going to be a very underrated um, move for them. And I also like that they picked up Luke Kennard from the Pistons. Uh, he's going to give the Clippers a good uh, presence with, with the three-point shooting. Uh, that was a little bit of a problem for them last year. So... I, uh, I'm definitely okay with that move. The only thing they really did where I was like, man, what were they thinking? I, I didn't really like them, uh, extending Marcus Morris to a four year, $64 million contract. Uh, I know, I know we've, yeah, I know we've made some, made fun of some, uh, moves, uh, this off season, uh, especially, for O'Connor with his Charlotte Hornets, but um, <laughs> uh, th- this one hasn't gotten talked about as much as some of the other big contracts, but I-, I don't know what the Clippers were thinking. I mean, Marcus Morris to me is like just a guy. I don't. Well, did you see the Paul George contract? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I'm actually okay with the Paul George one only because the re- the reason why I'm okay with the Paul George contract is because he was about to go into the final year of his deal, and if they want to trade him at some point in the future, then they needed to lock him down to a contract extension. And what'll be good is if, say, like this year it goes if it does go bad for them again, and they know it's not going to work out, they can trade him, and teams would be more willing to trade for him, knowing that they still have him on the books for a few more seasons. True, whereas true. If they were to try to trade him in the final year of his deal, teams probably wouldn't want him because they wouldn't know if he would stick around. So I, I'm actually okay with that because then too, let's say if they do win the championship, then they've got him, they have him locked down and they have, you know, him and Kawhi together for who, you know, however long. So, I'm actually, I mean, the numbers were ridiculous when I first saw it. I was laughing at it. I was like, oh, my God, what a bunch of clowns. Like, what are they thinking? Like, but at the same time, when Paul George gets it going, like, he is a top caliber player in the NBA whenever he decides he wants to be. So uh, if he can keep that, if he can actually get it going and keep it going and maybe not choke in the playoffs, then Playoff you know, he, he'd, be, he'd be worth the money. So. But I know we haven't gotten into our uh, predictions just yet, but I am going to go ahead and say mine. And I I do have the L.A. Clippers getting to the Western Conference Finals. 
again, like I did last year. But this time I have them losing to the Lakers. I don't, I just don't see anybody beating the Lakers. But I'm just going to go at, I'm, it's almost like a mini, like, rant ahead, though, because I will say LA, like, if y'all let me down in my prediction here and, and y'all choke again, like you did in the playoffs last year, like, you're going to have the biggest rant of the year uh, <laughs> heading your way because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, if both of y'all somehow were to find this and listen to this, I used to be big fans of both of y'all as players and not even just with Paul George, because he was on my thunder for a couple seasons. Like even back when he back at Paul George, back in your Indiana Pacer days, Kawhi Leonard back in your San Antonio Spurs days, even when you were on the Raptors and the Thunder, both of y'all, like, I respected both of y'all as athletes. I respected that you were both offensive and defensive-minded players. My favorite type of player in the NBA is a person that can truly play both sides of the ball and be a true two-way player. So when I had my top five rankings after KD left the Thunder and went to the Warriors. Both of y'all were in my top five. Okay, but now after what happened last year, neither of you are even close to my top five. And you could get back there, but Kawhi, I have not respected your whole load managing and needing to get preferential treatment and not being able to stay loyal to a team with your team hopping. I've called out LeBron for that too. So I, it wouldn't be fair for me to not call you out too. So I, I don't, I didn't respect how you won it out of San Antonio. And then I didn't respect you winning a championship with Toronto and then hopping over and forming this new team with Paul George in LA. So you fell out of my top five because of that. And Paul George, you fell out of my top five because you had to team hop with Kawhi and you just had to you know, buddy up just like everybody else in the NBA does. Like LeBron and AD did. You and Kawhi had to go and do the same thing. And I hate when players in the NBA, in the NBA do that stuff. And then not only on top of that, at least LeBron and AD went out and got it done and won the championship together. But you and Paul George were too busy. You or You and Kawhi were too busy having anxiety in the bubble and <laughs> not being able to make a shot. And hit, not only that, the both, side of the backboard. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, both of y'all were calling out doc rivers after y'all got him fired saying that it was his fault. Why y'all didn't make it to the championship last year. I don't care what kind of scheme you come up with. I don't care what kind of plan was involved in the game plan. When you're going out there and shooting like two of 19, it doesn't matter what the scheme is. That's on y'all for not making your shots, okay? And y'all had several open looks in that game seven against the Nuggets, and we're missing almost all of them. And, and you were up three games to one. <laughs> yeah, you blew a three-to-one lead, did horrific in game seven. When I predicted y'all that y'all were, before the season started, that y'all were going to win the championship, and I stuck through that even up to the NBA bubble when Zach warned me about this chemistry tension that y'all couldn't figure out. I still was like, no, I'm sticking with the Clippers. Like they're going to win. And I wanted them to beat the Lakers so bad, but they couldn't even beat the Nuggets when they were up three games to one who the Lakers ended up torching in the next round. So if y'all get it back together and you can redeem yourselves, good chance that my respect for you goes back up. But if you 
do the same crap and choke again in the playoffs this year, like I will probably never respect either one of you two ever again. And it's a, it's a shame because like I said, y'all both were on my list of my top five favorite current players in the NBA only just a couple seasons ago. And now it has completely fallen. So you got, you got more pieces You've got a yes-man coach in Ty Lu, so you'll get all the preferential treatment you want. So, speaking of which, I think Ty Lu might be making an appearance as well here. Uh, <laughs> i got to confirm this. But, so you've got, you've got more shooters around you now. You've got better defenders around you now. So, if you lose this year, I, I don't even want to know what your excuse is. Oh, yes, and it is confirmed. We do have a... We do have Ty Lu here available. So Ty, um, what's your game plan this season? Um, how are you going to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the rest of this Clippers team on the same page? What's your what's your uh, what's your strategy? Well, uh, obviously, I'm uh, gonna. You know, it, it's well known that when I was the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, that uh, LeBron James was clearly our best player. And uh, I kind of just let him do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, I let him run the show and call the plays. And, you know, I kind of stood there and looked like I was the coach. And I did the press conferences and everything. But we really knew that LeBron was the coach of the team. Now, they're paying me a lot of money. So... I'm going to kind of really just do the same thing. I'm going to, like, look like I'm making the plays in the huddle. But really, I'm going to be like, hey, Kawhi, uh, you know, what do you want to do? Or, uh, Paul George, you know, if you're not feeling too anxious right now, do you have any particular play that you would like to run? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's basically going to be my strategy. And then, you know, if it's like a Kawhi load management day and um, if Paul George is feeling a little too anxious to go out there – then I'll probably just, I guess then I'll have to come up with something, but, you know, I'm just going to wait until that happens and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. So that's, and also maybe I can somehow trade for LeBron. If I can get him in here too, then that would just be the perfect masterpiece. So there you go. Well, thank you, Ty. I appreciate your honesty there. So there's your uh, 2020, uh, 2021 season prediction and analysis for the Los Angeles Clippers. Dang, dude! I did not expect all of that. <laughs> uh, we don't have our uh, cameras on, but man, if if we did, I would have expected to see fire coming out of your ears or smoke or something, man. <laughs> dude, the, the Clippers were just so triggering for me last year. Like the I way know. they the way they let me down, and plus, not only just that I predicted them. I mean, once you know it was known that LeBron and AD were going to team up, you know, that they were teaming up together. I just, I wanted them to lose so bad. And the Clippers were supposed to be the best chance at that happening. And then they didn't Not according even to Rockets to... fans. <laughs> well, yeah. It, but they, you know, they didn't even, they didn't even get to match up against them in the playoffs because they choked. And it just was so frustrating. And it, finally my attention and buildup of the Clippers has come out but like i said i'm still predicting them to make it to the western conference finals so i you know that i'm giving them another chance but this is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah really okay uh let's go now and 
talk about the Phoenix Suns. That's the third uh, storyline we have for the West. So Connor's going to talk about the Suns and just in general, what are your expectations for the team? Because there's a lot of hype now with Chris Paul. Um, are you buying the hype or, or do you think that it's uh fool's gold? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of like in the middle, like I'm really not buying the hype at this point. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of people saying like, Oh, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to, you know, like give the Clippers a run for their money. And maybe they might be there at the end with the Lakers. And so I'm here to say that that's not going to happen. Um, like, because the thing about Chris Paul is that I think I'll be, I'm really interested to see how he fits in Phoenix because when he got traded to OKC, like he was, he was going to be the guy, like, even though he was, you know, he's, how old is he now? Like 37 or something? Like he's old. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's 35 or 36. Is, is he? Okay, he's, he's the he's, highest paid 36 year old. Uh, he's not a CEO. Yeah, of yeah, I think, company. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. So I, I think he's 36, but, um, so he's like, you know, thing for me is that when he was in OKC, he was the guy, like, you know, Gallo, Shea, Steven Adams, like, you know, none of them, were you know the guys in uh in OKC like it was Paul George and Russell Westbrook and then they were both gone so Chris Paul was going to be the new guy whereas you're coming into the Suns that they already have their guy their number one guy in Devin Booker you know he's the big time scorer he's the future of this team body body blah you know DeAndre Ayton is also supposed to be part of this you know bright future for the Phoenix Suns so Chris Paul is going to be coming in as like someone who he's not going to be able to take over the game and, you know, implement his style of play as much as I think he would like to. And I think it's going to hurt him, especially at this old age. I don't think he's going to mesh really well with the Suns. Like, and obviously the Thunder having the success they had last year came as a shock to all of us. I mean, none of us even considered that the Thunder were going to make the playoffs last year. So um, that was big time last year by the Thunder. But this year, I said, I don't think Chris Paul is going to be the difference maker. Jay Crowder is probably one of like, in my opinion, one of the worst choices for a starting power forward in the entire league. Like, I don't know how, I mean, he literally just stands out on the perimeter all the time. I mean, he's like the next evolution of PJ Tucker, except he's not standing in the corner every five, uh, every time. So, um, I don't like Jay Crowder being, you know, the signing of him to be the power forward. And, um, and it's just another fact that the West is just, there's too many good teams in the West. I mean, I know this is like a, a talking point every season, but I mean, there's just too many good teams in the West. You've got the trailblazers, the nuggets, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Pelicans are supposed you know, are supposed to be good. The jazz, um, you know, who knows, maybe if the Rockets can put something back together then, you know, even though they don't have rust anymore, but the Rockets could obviously still be in there cause they've got hard in. So it's like, I just don't see any room for them to like be a, a surefire. Like, yes, this team is for sure going to make the playoffs. Do I, I think they'll be in it for sure. Like, I think they're going to be probably like the nine or the 10, or maybe they just squeak in, which um, the biggest reason why I've got them at that point anyway, is mainly because of the Warriors. Um, I know Zach gave his cases to say that he thinks the Warriors are still going to be fine. I don't think the Warriors are going to be fine without clay. Um, I know that I'm pretty sure Eric's talked about this before on the podcast, but like, you know, talking about how, I I don't know if he 
you know, obviously still has the same opinion, but I do is that I don't think that Steph Curry can carry this team. He's never proven that he can carry a team, you know, carry this team and go forward. Like when they got to kind of the similar to the reason why he's never won a finals MVP, like, you know, it was even before Kevin Durant, like got got there. Cause after Kevin Durant got there, you know, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant and he's going to take over a game. And obviously Steph's really good too, but Kevin Durant does has the more all around game that he's going to, you know, put up for you. But even before Kevin Durant got there, like they lost the finals to the Cavaliers and then the second time. And then the first time it was Andre Iguodala who came out with the finals MVP instead of Steph. So I just don't see that he's going to be able to carry this team just because, I mean, I don't, I think it's really easy for teams to key on him. Like he's not a very good defender at all. So, you know, opposing point guards are going to be able to score on him pretty easily. And I mean, really just, it, he's a one-man show at this point because Draymond's not the same as he used to be, and it's going to take time for these other young players to develop, and I think it's going to be way too easy for them to contain him. Um, that's not to say that he's going to have a bad year. I just don't think he's going to be able to carry this team. So I think the Warriors are out of it, and that is pretty much the only reason why Phoenix, in my opinion, is elevated to maybe possibly being in a playoff spot. I just don't buy the hype around this team very much, and the only reason why I think they're going to possibly be in it is because I don't think the Warriors are going to be there and maybe the Rockets are going to, you know, falter as well. So it's, it's not looking not good for them in my opinion. Yeah. So now we'll get over and take a look at our Western conference finals predictions. Um, we'll skip Eric since he basically did his already. Uh, <laughs> and I'll start. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start uh, with mine. Uh, I'm taking the Lakers to win the West, and I think they will beat the Trailblazers in the conference finals. Um, it is pretty easy uh, to pick the Lakers to win the West when I think they got better after this offseason with bringing in Montrez. And I, I did agree with Eric about the Clippers getting better because of fit. I think Serge is a better fit um, than uh, Montrez Harrell was. And Kennard's a better addition than uh Landry Shamit was so the the Clippers I think did get better but the Lakers I think got even more better um so I, I have the Lakers winning the West but the Trailblazers I I put in as the runner-up just because I really think that this is Dame's best uh supporting cast that he's ever had he's got a full bench um they're gonna be a deeper team than they have been and Hopefully they'll all be healthy. Zach Collins is going to miss the first month, but other than that, Rodney Hood is back. Uh, they brought back Enos Cantor, who actually played really well in Terry Stott's system. Um, Mello is—he's still looking okay. Gary Trent um, kind of had his coming out party in the bubble, and they still even have Nasir Little, who gets forgotten um, on this team. Uh, but they've got him, Derek Jones Jr. Um, Robert Covington that they brought in in the offseason, Harry Giles, another backup center. So they got a lot better, in my opinion, um, this offseason. And when you look at the other teams around the West that can contend, really the biggest scare to me, I'm not as scared of the Clippers just because I don't think they're going to get it together because they showed me last year, I think, what they are really made of. And... So I'm not worried about the Clippers, but the Nuggets would have been the other team that I'm most afraid of. But they actually got worse, I think, after free agency. They lost a lot of pieces uh, that are harder to replace. So 
That's why I have the Blazers um, as the two spot, just because I think the Nuggets would be the three, but they got worse, and Portland definitely got better. Um, and Dame's going to have a real good year, too, I predict. Uh, <laughs> he's actually um, he's making half-court shots, and it's going to add that into his game, so I'm excited to see how that turns out. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. He actually does make those shots at a good percentage. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's my uh, finals prediction or Western Conference finals prediction. And then Eric has the Lakers over Clippers um, with his prediction. And then Connor, let's hear about yours. Yeah, so like the other three guys, I've got the Lakers. Um, pretty sure nobody in their right mind this season is not picking the Lakers uh, to be in the Western Conference finals. I've also got them winning it. Um, but I actually have the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, like Zach, I don't believe in the Clippers at all. I think they're going to, I mean, I think they're just going to falter again. Like, they'll make the playoffs, but, you know, I think Kawhi and Playoff P are going to fall apart again. So, um, like Eric said, maybe Playoff P is too anxious. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I think for the Blazers, for me, I think it's that, they were the other team, like uh, kind of like Zach. I was considering the Blazers and the Nuggets here as well. Um, the Nuggets, I feel like, I feel like they got really fortunate last year. Um, the fact that they were able to come back from those three-one deficits when they really should have been eliminated in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, definitely very fortunate uh, circumstances there. But and then for Portland, I just don't know about Portland. I feel like. I don't know. From what I've seen from Portland, at least when I looked at them in the playoffs last year, like, you know, Dame was obviously huge in the bubble, like, you know, during the regular season portion of the bubble, but, and he had a great game one, but it felt like to me, they just kind of fell apart after that. Like, obviously the Lakers are a good team, but Dame wasn't making as much of the shots as he should, as he should have. CJ kind of disappeared completely um, mm-hmm. in that playoff run, which he really needs CJ to be up in there uh, if they want to make any sort of run. So I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I feel like they are going to fall apart in the playoffs again. And, you know, I think they'll, they're going to fall just short. Maybe they'll get beat like right before the Western conference finals. Like, I don't think they're going to lose in the first round again, but I think they'll um, lose in the second round. But then for the Mavericks, I mean, they're pretty much bringing back the exact same team. Um, Luka Doncic is like, you know, we all talked about, um, you know, Eric and Zach have him as the MVP. Nate and I said he was pretty much our runner-up for MVP. So um, Doncic is obviously going to be big for them. If Porzingis can stay healthy, he's going to be big for them. And I think I really like they one of the biggest things they did this offseason, bringing in Jay Rich from Philadelphia. I think that was a fantastic move for them to bring in a player, um, like a more defensive-minded player, um, you know, another shooter to this team, you know, he's, he's kind of like the, a much, he's a better version of Danny green, really. He's like a three and D kind of player. So I think Jay rich is really going to be the piece for them. That's going to put it together. Cause I think what a lot of people forget about with the Mavericks last season was that, yeah, they were the seven seed, but they were like one of the best seven seeds. Cause when you look in the West, like the, all those teams between pretty much between like the three and the seven were really close together. Um, you know, there was only a few games separating them. And so I think, and the Mavericks also gave the Clippers a run for their money in that first series against them. So, um, I'm definitely looking for big things out of the Mavericks and I think they're gonna make it to the Western conference finals. But, uh, unfortunately I don't think they're, they're going to be the Lakers. I think the Lakers are still just too good. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so that uh, that brings us now to our NBA Finals predictions. So um, between the three of us, we actually all have the same matchup, just some differences in the win- who wins it. And then Nate, who's not here, has an old-fashioned Lakers-Celtics Finals, and he's got the uh, <laughs> Lakers winning that. Um, so we'll look now at uh, between the Nets and the Lakers. If you missed last episode, we all had the Nets winning the East. So... Uh, the way things go, I have the Nets winning the finals, and Eric and Connor have the Lakers winning the finals. And I'll just talk briefly why I've got the Nets winning. Um, really, I, I think the star powers will equal out with Kyrie and KD versus LeBron and AD. I think they're both both those duos are going to get their uh, get their points and everything. But when they're either not on the floor or in foul trouble, or just the other um, teammates of theirs, that's where I give the big advantage to the Nets. Um, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Karis LeVert, like Eric was talking about last episode. These are the guys, even DeAndre Jordan to some extent. The These are the surrounding cast for the Nets. And I think it would be better for them to actually keep those guys on their team instead of trading them for James Harden. I think it would be better for them to keep uh, keep the depth that they have than add another superstar who's going to demand the ball and play iso ball. Um, so I, I think the Nets will keep the team the way it is. And I think just the rest of the pieces are going to be better than the Lakers because really the Lakers after LeBron and AD... Um, are bad. They're not, they're not a deep team. I know they brought in Montrez Harrell, but they did lose Rondo. Um, they gained some pieces, but they're not a great team. And they've shown that they can't even make the playoffs without LeBron. Um, and they actually, they couldn't make the playoffs without AD even also. So, uh, whereas the Nets last year had a, kind of an impressive run in the bubble without their star players. Um, I just feel like the Nets are going to, out out uh outscore the Lakers and win uh it'll be a close series though but and then when you look at the head to head between KD and LeBron I do give the slight edge to KD just because of how it's gone between the the those two in the past couple times they met in the finals KD's got the advantage on him so that's uh that's where I have things I've got the Nets winning but Eric and Connor have the Lakers winning against the Nets so I guess just explain why uh Eric you can start first with why you've got the Lakers Okay, yeah, so um, I've got the Lakers winning. Uh, first of all, I actually saw, I guess one thing that just concerns me about the Nets is going to be the injury history. Like, obviously, KD's coming off of the torn Achilles. It seems like Kyrie gets hurt every year these last few years. Um, that's... I guess one of my biggest question marks for the Nets. Uh, I'm definitely hopeful that the Nets do win. I would rather them win over the Lakers, but I do have to disagree, uh, though, on Zach's comments about aside from LeBron and AD that the Lakers aren't good. I mean, uh, Montrose Harrell is a nice addition for them. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is a nice addition for them. I will say, I do think the Lakers are a little bit more vulnerable defensively this year, but I do think that they still got better as a team, especially scoring-wise. 
And I think that that's going to be able to uh, carry them to the finals. And also, I just just yesterday on Twitter, I saw where somebody shared this thing where like Kyrie and KD did some sort of I don't know if it was on Instagram or what it was on, but they did some live thing together. And um, they uh, Kyrie was talking about how he was Kevin Durant in a past life. And I was like, oh, he's really weird. I already know that. (laughs) This guy, I mean, I knew he was weird, but I didn't. I mean, because he was a flat earther at one point. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was just about to say, like. Yeah, he thought that too. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like this dude's weird. He and he's said he's not going to talk. He's year. actually getting, he's actually getting fined because he's not going to talk to the media this year. Marshawn um, Lynch 2.0. Yeah, yeah. And then, but uh, those fines are going to add up. <laughs> he called the media like, pawns. <laughs> they were discussing that on their offense that they were going to do something two and a half times a game. I'm like, I don't really know how you can do something a half a time a game, but I, I don't know, man. It's like it was weird. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, they are best friends, apparently, but yeah. I just don't know if I – I feel like if Kyrie messes around too much, it could frustrate Kevin Durant a little bit. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm giving the edge to the Lakers, but if it's the Nets and Lakers in the finals and the Nets win, I'm not going to be mad about yeah. it. <laughs> Connor, do you have anything different to add for the Lakers case? Yeah, I guess the only things I really have to add for the Lakers is, one, I think their biggest advantage over the Nets, obviously, is a – way more playoff experience on this roster uh, when it comes to people. I mean, obviously Kevin Durant's got lots of playoff experience. Um, You know, I feel like Kyrie's only real playoff experience was him being carried by LeBron. So I don't really equate uh, much of his experience, but obviously this team just came off winning the championship. So, um, you know, they all have playoff experience. And I think when it comes to the defensive side of things, um, I do think that they, did they made some moves to really get better there? Obviously, Montrez Harrell's a great defender, but I think bringing in Wesley Matthews was a really good move for them. Uh, he did a really good job guarding Jimmy Butler in that series against the Heat uh, with between the Bucks and the Heat. So um, I think he's definitely going to be a nice addition off the bench. And then um, really, I think they just have, you know, like I said, I, I think they have a better roster than the Nets do overall. Kind of like I'm agreeing with Eric on that. I think. Um, you know, bringing in Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Wesley Mathis, bringing in Marcus Saul, I think was, you know, he's not fantastic, obviously, but I think he is an okay piece to put in there, um, giving you two very physical centers. So, uh, especially at this point in his career, Marcus Saul is not really, um, he, he's not going to be in there as, you know, I think Montrez Harrell is going to be in there longer. So you're going to have, I think, which I think is better for them. So, um, yeah, I just think the Lakers, with the combination of their experience and their, you know, their whole team in general, it's just I think better than the Nets. And I'm also on the same page as Eric, though. If it comes down to Nets and Lakers, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will be rooting for the Nets. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's gonna wrap up this episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening to that. Talking uh, no NFL this week, but we'll be back um, in uh, two weeks to talk about the NFL. Actually, we got a break from the nfl because next week as mentioned earlier eric is going to be hosting i think the sixth edition of sports jeopardy um it's either six or seven yeah so i think it's the seventh okay sports Seven. jeopardy the seventh hosted by eric tune in <laughs> yes tuesday at five <laughs> all right <Yes. laughs>
Okay. Uh, all right. I'll stop being weird and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. So <laughs> okay, Kyrie Irving. Say <laughs> as if I wasn't weird the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening and watching. And we'll be back next week. Until then, be clutch. Bye. Peace.